0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um,
1: Okay, I haven't figured out how I'm going to start these yet. I don't know if I should introduce you or...
0: You need a jingle.
1: I need a jingle. I wanted... uh, I don't know if I ever told you about him, but uh, a guy named Hans who some of my students at Scripps are like, you have to have him on an episode. But he's like my DJ that I hire and like I work with him for the Clippers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I need to... Hit them up and get a there Yeah, I would
0: do a little jingle at the beginning. Yeah. Um, do you remember Sammy Parker? Uh, Sabrina
1: funny. Parker's. Little yeah. Oh sister. yeah, yeah.
0: She, um, I just was listening to her. She has a podcast with this comedian mm-hmm. about diabetes. He's oh, type two. She's type one. And they have like this funny little jingle at the beginning, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh
1: my god, that's so funny." Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I can introduce you. Okay, here we go. Hello. Episode three of the Miss Education and Rehumanity Podcast. podcast. Um, cameo. Oh, I introduce you how I know you. And then if you feel, well, I don't know. I did this with PD too, where I was like, should I mention his resume? And I was like, but that's not how I know him. So it's weird. Um, I was a football player my sophomore year of high school. And there's an event that all the, that I, I assume you still do, although COVID may have changed this. We don't. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there used to be an event every year where the dance te- the dance girls would ask the football players or mostly football players or athletes on campus to do a dance. And it's all I feel like it's supposed to be a thing where they make fun of the, the boys or like it's like a big joke. It's I, like a, it's a chance for the dancers to look good and the boys to look uh, silly. Not
0: really. I don't <laughs> think of it that way. I it's funny that's your perspective because it's not a joke. I think the audience likes to see yeah. other people dance other than dancers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and maybe
1: that's not, saying it a joke is diminishing, but it is, and it's a chance for people that don't normally dance to dance, and yeah. I feel like that inherently has humor in it. So I happened to learn how to do a backflip that same week for some reason, and I still to this day have no idea why, other than like God. Um, but I did a backflip, and I liked it, and so I went up to you the next day, and I'm like, Hey, can I join the advanced? international baccalaureate dance class and you were very hesitant but you let me
0: i said no you, actually uh, did you i did i said no and i think you came back the next day and you asked again
1: i wonder <laughs> wait okay <laughs> first i want to know why you said no and then i want to know why you said yes
0: okay well first of all you did a good toe touch too I remember okay that. my sister um, probably taught me that because she was a cheerleader because she was a cheerleader yeah, yeah um but yeah i remember you saying can i do ib dance and i was like have you ever danced before and you were like no and i knew who was in my class who was signing up and i told you that you're too cute and you're going to be a distraction what i don't remember that you don't remember that no yeah well i did because that happens sometimes Um, and I just thought that you would make it a joke thing. I didn't know you at all. Um, but then you came back the next day and when you asked, I don't know, there was just something about you that I was just like, all right. And remember I said, trial run. I'll give you a couple weeks.
1: I don't remember that. And you know why? It's because in my head I was like, I got this. I was like, "Let's like,
0: let's try a couple weeks. But yeah, I remember... I remember you being in class the first couple days and I realized really quickly like you're going to take this class more serious than the kids that have been dancing forever.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I so to finish introducing her, I took her class for the last two years of high school. And I always I always say that I started dancing when I was a senior in high school because that was when I went to Thrive and I was at studio like training. But I guess like technique and, and when I think of my first year of dancing, I think of of uh, the boys dance team and with Sasha and with Josh. And like, again, not that that's not dance training, but like we were a bunch of dudes just like after school, just like being bros a lot of the time. So it's hard to be like, we were training for dance, but sometimes I have to remind myself, cause now I'm like training this hip hop. Like I, I talk about hip hop training all the time. And like, that is valuable training. Um, and then to this day, I feel like Your class, the IB class, is the reason why I got into UCLA because in that audition, they do a, they like literally pull a style out of the hat and then you are put in a room. And my room was, my first room was hip hop and I was like, cool, thank you, finally. Um, And then the second room was uh, Varanathyam, which was, it's a more traditional style of Bollywood dance, which we did in your class. So I had a room full of like, 60 ballerinas like what is that i have never heard that before and i was like, like i got after... <laughs> and again i know nothing but like compared to everybody we did else, dola you, we did dola i mean barely <laughs> i bet
0: if i turned on the song you remember. i it. remember the song <laughs> and like when,
1: when sometimes when i would stop back here and they're practicing it i'm like oh i can remember this but i feel like i and i mean maybe with hip-hop too like i knew i didn't know what i didn't know so i was like confidently like I'll just do it. And I think a lot of those people were like, I know that I don't know what this is. So I'm not even going to like put myself out there. And I'm like, who cares? I know everything. Um,
0: But isn't that the point? Like at at least when I run my classes, it's like the first time you experience something, you're nervous. So if you're exposed to a variety of things, the next time you see it, you're going to have more courage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I don't, I mean, maybe you would have a different perspective perspective, because you saw me do it, but I don't remember being nervous when I first started dancing.
0: Oh, no, you weren't. Because I
1: was just like, who cares? I'm here. And my friends are making fun of me outside. They're playing football. And then my parents are confused, but like, (laughs) who cares?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think your dad is the most confused. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, but that was great. And that was a great class. You guys had a great energy. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed your age group.
1: What? Okay, so now I'm... We I processed at the beginning of this year is great because when I was a senior in high school, I kept telling when everybody when I got into dance for UCLA or for UCLA dance, I was basically telling everybody I wanted to either be Aja or Cameo, and I wasn't sure yet. And definitely now I'm leaning Cameo because I'm in the education realm and owning a studio looks really hard, Um, but. I remember always like my perspective on education was like I look at what cameo does and like that's like a dream like that looks like so perfect and I remember we, we've talked about this before but like when I would say that here in this community people would be like oh so you're trying to take cameo's job and I'm like no I don't want to take that's the opposite of what I want to do um, but to create something like you've created here um, was always something that I looked up to and then the beginning of this year you called me and you were like, Hey, I have a hip question about hip hop. And it was like, you, whatever you were working on in class, I was able to like help out. And then I, and maybe even told you in the phone call and I was like, we're colleagues. Like <laughs> yeah. we, yeah. we can have a conversation like this. And uh, obviously you're still a mentor and somebody looked up to, but in terms of like life phase, uh, not even life phase, but like career phase, like I am also a full-time dance educator and you, you know, just like yeah. you are. Um, So with that, how do you feel like you have handled or like what is the biggest challenges with COVID? Because I feel like Mm. I'm dying in the best of ways, but.
0: You know, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I feel like as an educator, I'm thriving more under COVID. Okay. Okay. And I've been been soul searching and trying to figure out like, why do I feel more comfortable in my skin teaching than before? Mm Mm-hmm. And I literally, I had to go back. I had to go back to my roots and think like, what's going on? And I was thinking my mentors growing up were only a few years older than me. Yeah. Like when I look back to my, my people that were the ones that raised me, they started teaching me when they were like 18 or 19 Mm -hmm. and I was like 10 or 11. So not even a decade, you know, gap. Yeah. Um, I started teaching early. So a lot of the kids that I've taught already have like careers in dance. They're teaching on like dance circuits, you know, conventions or teachers, you know, like it's crazy. And, um, I was thinking when I first started teaching, right, you, you replicate what you like from your teachers, Mm -hmm. Um and again that's part of I call it your dance genealogy. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's in you because that's your parents, you know, yeah. those are the people that trained you. But during COVID, I had no no mentor for that, you know. Mm. I had no mentor for how to teach on Zoom or how to motivate kids with their cameras off and then teaching outside in 40 degree weather. Like all of that was so new that I just created. Yeah. And I actually feel so much more proud like all of my classes have such a different drive. Like my beginning and my intermediate to my IB, the material I use, the, the, um, we use canvas, which is like an online program where you can put everything. Like I just, I dug deep and I have like, I don't know. It it feels, I feel better. I feel like I'm actually becoming a master teacher now. Mm -hmm. And I'm, this is my 18th year at Newberry. So it's been a long time. So, um, I mean, we were all stressed during COVID, but I think, you know, from a work-career standpoint, I, I feel pretty good.
1: I definitely felt, de- um, like, developed. I don't know if that's the right word, but, like, I learned so much in that first year because we, it was funny, the March, so it was March 2020, and in June of 2020, I had to take a class at CSUN for my credentials that was um, technology in education or whatever, and I remember the very first day that the professor who was really great, Norman Herr, uh, he, he said, he's like, this is the most valuable class in the most valuable time right now. Like, this is exactly what you guys are going to need. And you're like, you better pay attention to this class. And sure enough, like I took, that was the most useful class that I've taken because the next year was, I think, student teaching and having to do a lot of stuff with Thrive and, and whatever, like using all those like, technology things related to, to dance and like I have to build cahoots and I have to do near pods and it's like all of these things that all the teachers do translating it into a dance setting was right? like a lot that's,
0: that's <laughs> the hardest thing almost all the training that you get in this world has nothing to do with dance Yes, yeah, so you have you to, have to like take, translate take it another word. level mm-hmm. Like you have to take it like okay that's what they do in English but how do I still use that in dance, right? Um, and there's not a lot of mentors out there to brainstorm with, and those that are there are really busy, so they don't <laughs> want to work with you, they don't want to collaborate. They're like, I got my own yeah, program. We to all took the good together,
1: yeah. Um, and that was I, I, Sammy Simon was we we had took classes all, all at the same time and like being able to like we actually um, today's Wednesday, yesterday we we had a Zoom where we were trying to figure out like our assessments and stuff. Um, and I think that helped a lot like there were a lot of other teachers at the time that I was like what's going on (laughs) on a regular basis like what are we supposed to do uh, with this situation but like um, have you had any I don't know in terms of the regulations with this school I know that like with my school for example we they can't be within three feet together So we, and I've had like principals coming in and and looking and making sure that that's like being enforced, um, like regularly. And so like across the floors are weird because like we have to basically spread out across the the whole room and it just creates something different. Or like I was teaching the kid in play the other day and I was like, normally you grasp hands, but this time let's touch elbows. And I was like, this is whack. Like you can't, it's not the same use each other's balance. That's the whole point, you know?
0: And you're still at that point right now? the three feet thing
1: at the risk of getting in trouble I'm starting to just like try to take liberties in the like for the kid and play we're doing it in our dance for our show that we're trying to put on um and I I started to say just hold hands but every time you do you have to sanitize afterwards so like before you leave if you're in that section make sure you sanitize yeah but do you have you like had any
0: oh yeah well when we first came back to school let's see I guess that was this time last year um, we had to be a hundred percent outside, which is why we kind of built only that dance thing. or everybody, uh, only dance, any physical activity had to be done outside. We okay. couldn't be inside at all. So, um, that's why I have those little wheel cor- uh, carts and I had my laptop and my boom boxes. It was like bringing it back to like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like the days when you carried around yeah, <laughs> Sigma, exactly, which I still have that car yeah. or that hat in the back of my car. <laughs> um, but, um, Yeah, outside and masked when we came back. And then they also, our district, divided us into cohorts. So my Mm -hmm. classes were like, I think my smallest class was six kids. And my largest class was ten kids. So you're teaching a very small group of people. Yeah, no touching. Um, It was super strict. And then we got through the school year. And then this year when we came back, it was, you could be outside and be unmasked. Or be inside and be masked Um, you weren't allowed to share props so like if you had Mm -hmm. a yoga mat you couldn't share it or equipment anything like that Um, and I you know when the weather is good I try to be outside because a lot of kids you know like to take their mask off Mm -hmm. and you know it's a little bit safer that way Um, but since it's cooled down a little bit we've been inside Um, but yeah even last year when we were competing um, each district was so different. Like we competed outside, um, masked the whole time, and, in costume. In costume, we could change costumes, but they had a mask on the whole time. And what was really interesting was it was just your team. So as coaches, you had to come up with a sh- an order that you could do within that hour block. So these oh, kids, so it, think was think like, it. West, like, it was like
1: not New Newbury West Lake TiO. It was like Newbury Newbury New- you Whoa. showed up
0: and you competed separately in front of these judges. Um, by the time we got to what they called nationals, we were sharing it with one other team just so costume changes were easier, mm-hmm. but talk about kids being out of shape and not being conditioned okay. properly because their cameras are off. You don't know if they're practicing what they're supposed to be doing on Zoom. They're in conditions that might not allow them mm-hmm. to practice well and then to jump into competition season and have them do I don't know between solos and routines like 18 numbers in an hour. Yeah. I mean Yeah. It's crazy. So I I'm of the thought process that I I love competition, but I think what's most important is where you go after you graduate high school. Your mm-hmm. body is healthy, your mind is healthy. Um so I took a lot of technical things out of our program because I didn't want to enter them outside. Yeah. That's silly, but some teams didn't. Some teams continued to do some pretty interesting stuff.
1: That's hard because, well, okay. How do you, because I feel like for years, Newbury Park has been very, very successful in the competitive dance scene. Um... And obviously this program is the best in terms of um, dance education, not from a competitive perspective, but like we, this school is, is this the only school in California with the IB program for dance?
0: No, there's maybe like, I mean, last time I checked, there was like seven schools. There might be more by now. Um, Maybe is
1: that number slowly going up? Because I feel like when I remember, I was like, oh, there's, this doesn't exist anywhere else.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is pretty elite. Like they say in Mm -hmm. the world, there's about 35, 40 schools that do it. So
1: So with that competitive and with the educate, what I would say, like more strictly education perspective, how do you feel like you do both so well? (laughs) Like, or how do you, how does that relationship between having these super uber competitive kids, what is still in a place where you're teaching them about these world perspectives of dance and and dance as an artistic standpoint not just a competitive standpoint
0: well it's interesting um i think first of all my philosophies i think when i first started teaching i was solely like competitive mindset Mm -hmm. which is what allowed me to build the program here if i wasn't as competitive i'd still probably only have one class at (laughs) newberry you know what i mean like I, i wanted to make a name for our school Um, And I taught like a a dance coach would teach. I think the defining moment that changed me was having children. Mm -hmm. And I think not even when they were little, but when they got to the point where I saw the impact that their teachers have on them. And I thought about like how I want my kids to be treated and motivated for like to be healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that really, you know, influenced how I kind of create and I treat my classes different. Like I really want beginning dance class to be a a safe place for kids to build their self-esteem and build friendships and explore dance for the first time. I make it very obvious to them that you only move on to intermediate if you want to take dance somewhere Mm -hmm. where that is. I don't know, but that means your commitment level is stronger and that's where I say, you know, we're going to be doing more technique we're gonna be working more on choreography. We're gonna be working more on teaching. So they know what they're getting into or else they can take beginning over and over again if they mm-hmm. wanna just have fun. And then IB, the way I see it is, I get a lot of kids from all over the place in IB dance. But that's kind of just preparing them to be um, like worldly, like thinking about you know the world, their actions. Um, and also preparing them for college, because I think one of the biggest disservices we have is what's happening, in my opinion, at the studios isn't really transferring to what happens after you turn 18, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember when I graduated, I went to More Park College afterwards, and I went into class, and I was like, boom, here I am, ready to be the best one in the class and work really hard. And, but I didn't know any ballet terms mm-hmm. <laughs> and my teacher called me out and I remember doing choreography for a show and they were like, it's not organic. And I was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I try to prepare that class in particular for if you go to college, this is what modern looks like. This mm-hmm. is how you would audition. This is, you have to change your mindset. You need to be aware that you're going to be in a room with people that haven't been dancing their whole life. And you need to respect them. You need to respect the older dance teacher that can't show you how to do the move, but can mm-hmm. coach you on how to do the move. Um, and that's hard to flip the brain of someone yeah. who's been training since they were two. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, it's about exposing them early, so then by the time they get to their college auditions, they go, "I recognize this. I've yeah. seen this in class before."
1: We at, at UCLA, that was a thing. I think probably. No joke, like up to ten freshmen a year would drop because they had this perspective of coming in where you're going to do a bunch of you're going to do you're going to have a piece where you do twenty turns in a row and then twenty leaps and then you have this big moment and it's to a song and you know um, there's a prize at the end and then when they figure out that that's not it they either quit and don't dance at all, or they quit and go to the UCLA dance team, which is they go for the football games, which they're essentially cheerleaders with a little bit of dancing. Um, and that was always depressing for me. And I think with with you preparing them for... Well, so like an a example, um, Olivia Simon, Sammy Simon's little sister, who also danced at Thrive, I remember when she went away for college for the first year, she came back... And this was... I was already... I mean, a senior in college, maybe a junior. So I'd already been teaching in the way that I feel like I teach now with like hip hop from a fundamental perspective. And uh, she told me, she was like, hey, like we need to we need to have a private or something. I was like, "Okay." And this was like winter break. And I was like, "Okay, what's up? And she was like, well, I didn't know these moves had aims. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> almost uh, all of the moves oh that we do, and but she didn't in a studio setting. She didn't have to know those. Yeah, um, it's, it's
0: really amazing how you go, you can dance for 16 years and not know not know a lot of the history. Yeah.
1: yeah, and I feel like when I teach history to, I don't actually know this, but like how it felt when I when I would sub for you here when you were pregnant with with Flynn, like. I feel like they, I would teach the history and a lot of it is like, yeah, 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 but like show us how to dance cool, you know? And that's like something that I was talking about with PD last week where it's like, you have to know it being cool is here. It's not like in your body or anything. And I feel like, um, it's hard to, to teach that because you have this understanding from other, maybe from other styles of dance or from just like what you expect that like cool happens if you hit things really hard or like if you train or whatever it comes, but like they don't have this like mental perspective on it.
0: Well, I think also like the, um, my, my first what I studied in college was actually psychology. Mm-hmm. So I'm really drawn to child development and, you know, positive energy and that kind of stuff. And I feel like even though as the teacher, you have all the knowledge also being able to assess the room or assess the kids because I mean when we teach at a public school we have kids with um you know a bunch of IEPs accommodations and you have to you have to pick and choose how much you give them and how sometimes you simplify facts or complicate them more Mm -hmm. um so I think that's a thing too um and that's something that you learn as you become a little bit more seasoned. Like I always said, it's it's a lot easier to teach advanced dancers than to teach mm-hmm. two to four-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> that's the hardest yeah, group. That makes or beginning teens. Um, and that's because that's when you have to be creative as a teacher and you need to figure out, okay, what are they mentally capable about? Why are they here? What do they want to learn? Um, and as a teacher, you can control all that. From the moment they walk in, the music you're playing, you're gonna control their energy, you mm-hmm. know? Um so yeah it's um it's a hard job
1: That's something that I something that I keep saying when people are like so how's your first semester of teaching going I'm like well I know for sure that the kids like me and I can feel that and I love that but I also feel for sure that those same kids that like me don't like dance <laughs> So it's like how do I get them to trust me enough for me to teach them something that yeah. they like
0: but it's not you; it's them. It's their insecurities that they're right. working out. Yeah. Right. So, and that—that's a hard thing when you realize, like, when there's a blockage between you and a kid. A lot of times, it's not that you're not giving them what they need. It's just they're not ready for they're it. They're not yet. ready yet.
1: Yeah. But I, but that me trying to build relationships with the students that uh, has nothing to do with dance is sometimes the thing that I feel like gets there. Um, and like we have there's this 8th grader right now who are a group of 8th grade boys who they just really are like way too cool I mean my kids, uh, the school is in Watts and like from surrounding areas my kids are like way too cool to be doing dance and Dance is so cool <laughs> Well they don't know that yet, right? Oh my um,
0: god, we should just dance all
1: day <laughs> they, uh, There's this one part in our dance where it's a guys section and they come out and they look all cool and I was trying to convince them that it would be super funny if one of the guys while the guys are doing this like macho cool guy thing if one of the guys does like a little Shakira like butt wiggle thing and I was like trust me it'll be funny and they were like no 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 and I was like you guys you guys just gotta trust me and then finally we're like all right we'll trust you and they did it and the girls went ballistic and now I don't have to convince them to do it you know and I know that that moment didn't happen because like they got the artistic vision of it. They just were, like, they Yeah. <laughs> They're, like, okay. And then, the, yeah. And it just kind of clicked in in the rest. But trying to, like, I don't know. You think that I would be, like, good at teaching boys for that because I, like, uh, am a boy. But I feel like when I came into dance, like I was saying earlier, like, I was all in. And I was, like, yeah, I don't have you any were shame. mature when yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And and maturity is a whole nother thing, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then... Especially something that I think we're dealing with as teachers right now is I think with the pandemic, kids have been thwarted in their maturity. Mm. So, like, yeah. they might look mature, you know, because they m- might have been looking at how to do your makeup on TikTok and how to act and how to do those, like, sexy dances and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, there's there's lacking in maturity. And, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's needing to be a little bit more pee patient behaviors are a little bit more snappy
1: yeah do you I feel like another thing that you have done really well which I'm slowly I think that we have mostly high functioning students but like students with IEPs or um SSPTs or whatever it is um trying to fit them in the... I feel like there's maybe only one or two students that I, like, struggle with, and struggle is, like, a very loose term, but, like, I have to think about um, when I include them. But I feel like with some students here, like, in history, we have had some students with, like, some pretty significant physical limitations or even mental limitations and attention and all that stuff. How... What is your, like... Do you think you even have an approach or is it, like, different with each student or...?
0: Um, it's definitely individually tailored and, um... Yeah, I I have to say something that I'm continuously getting better with is every time I get a student with like a physical disability or something else that they're um, working with, uh, it really does make you a better teacher. But you pull your hair out. You're like, how do I make this happen? How do I encourage this person? But I've also got these 40 or 45 other kids that I've got to stimulate in another way. Um, But... I I did currently have a student this last semester that for the first almost two months uh, the person sat on the floor and would not participate would not talk um, and the, the person was verbal they could talk um, but I remember in our IEP meeting the parent was ready to like pull the kid out because I was like it's not happening mm-hmm. you know. And then I heard that parent like, okay, we'll move to foods. And I was like, no, I was like, wait, give me one more try. I was like, let's try a couple more things. And Ricky, this child started off with needing colored dots. So each time a formation changed, you had to have, you know, started with the color of the rainbow, Mm -hmm. red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. And so They knew when to move to that. I was
1: going to say, is that something that you knew the student knew? So you built off that? Uh, I talked to the
0: the adaptive PE teacher. And again, that's seeking out help from um, the adaptive PE teacher or um, resource teachers or the other special day teachers that they're with is really important. That collaboration Mm -hmm. is key. Um, But between that and then finding a couple buddies in the class, um, to talk to the person outside of class and encouraging it. This child did the concert without dots. Knew the dance better than some of my other <laughs> students. Full on performance. Showed up commitment. I mean, it was all of us were in shock. Yeah. And um, I I could tell like as a teacher you know it's in there, but you're like, will it come out? Will mm-hmm. it not come out? Is it going to take a couple years? I don't know. But this student was able to. To get it out in a couple months that's so cool yeah it was awesome
1: I I feel like I regularly think about because okay so when I was in high school I also TA'd for you and then sometimes I would come in and master class for you when I was in college and then after a while I ended up stabbing for you so I feel like I've been in your class for so many years (laughs) both as a student and as a teacher so
0: you really are trying to take my job no the opposite I'm trying to soak everything in
1: I don't really as much as possible. Um, but uh, you always have a group of kids in the back row that are there to talk or they're there to stare at themselves in the mirror and they claim they don't want to dance, but obviously they love dance. And you know that they love dance, but you just have to deal with them being like resistant or rebellious or like whatever that is. That's every one of my students. So how do you handle that from your perspective?
0: <laughs> well, I don't think I've had your situation. I don't think I've had a full class of people. Well, maybe Oasis when I started. Mm-hmm. Maybe that one PE class that I had. Um, but you pick at it. You, you gain their trust by becoming you know more personal with them. A thing that I do that when I have people observe me or I have AIDS in my classroom. I'm guessing other teachers don't do this, but I share my stories and my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of teachers do that. (laughs) But like when I see kids that are like kind of giving up or they're struggling with stuff, you know, like I had a horrible time in school. Um, I'm dyslexic. I was in resource for the majority of my schooling. Uh, I never thought I was gonna go to college and end up running this program. but I just kept fighting and trying to become better and I think by sharing that with them I think some kids see teachers as almost kind of like more perfect human beings in their head mm-hmm. I mean and when I look back I think I did that with my teachers too yeah. you know you see them at the grocery store and you're like ah yeah. oh my god why are you in, in public you yeah. know uh, but I do the opposite technique I just let them know or if I have a kid that's having a hard day it's I'll share what that was like when I broke up with my first boyfriend. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it works for me. I also, are you Mr. Medina? Mr. Ricky. Mr. Ricky, yeah. I'm, I'm Ms. Cameo. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think that also kind of takes away kind of that like hierarchy of a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always say whenever I write an email to a parent or, or whenever I talk to the kids, I always say I'm working with you. Like, I never make it feel like I am your teacher and you do what I say. Um, And I think that works for most. You know, there are kids that work well under that pressure of like needing to appease a teacher. Yeah. But I just can't be that teacher. I can't be that one that they struggle with to like impress me. I'd rather have them be real and let's figure this journey out together.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I as a younger teacher, I try to like lean on that a lot. And sometimes I feel I don't know if it's true or not, but it feels like that gets taken advantage of. Like we have an English teacher at our school who's incredible and she she brags about how like strict she is and hard as she is, and she expects so much of her students and she like takes great pride in that. And I I we have a thing called advisory where like Basically like life skills a lot of the times or whatever new, if we have to talk about COVID things, we talk about it in that class. Um, And I'll, I'll enter the room and they'll be like, Mr. Ricky, and everybody freaks out and everybody's running around and yelling. And the second she enters the room, it's like, and everybody's dead quiet. And I one day I asked, I was like, as, as she entered the room and the mood shifted, I was like, "Do you guys just think that I'm not a teacher either? Like, what? <laughs> what is the difference here?" And I, it's weird because some of those students that I think take advantage of me and I see it happening and it like it frustrates me. I, it's hard to see the benefit of being more personal, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes like I, my my co PE teacher sometimes he's like you're like. He doesn't actually say it, but, like, he, he suggests sometimes, like, you can't be too personal with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I maybe it's being a dance teacher or maybe it's being a young man. Um, it's hard to, like, have the whole listen-to-me attitude. Especially, like, it's it's really hard for me if the kids are bouncing off the walls and we have to reel it back in, whether it's for COVID reasons or, or something. And we have to have a moment where it's like, look, you guys, you're using me too much. Yeah. And then being like, okay, everybody, Bismarcky Like, have fun. Like, yeah. you can't Do you really have a signal that. that you
0: do? Like, do you clap? or do you. We have, do.
1: Like... Uh, I go bump, 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 ba dum, ba dum, and they all go hip hop. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's perfect. But
1: that's the rough part is we've. I feel like now. And we. I do. Like, I have a coach that's amazing and incredible, and hopefully she's listening to episode three because she was listening to the first one. Um, but she gives me all these like classroom management tips that I feel like I don't hear I don't have to do that because everybody wants to be in dance class you know yeah but in a place where the students are forced to be in dance class a lot that call is now like the ones that care about uh participating or whatever they'll do it and they'll listen and they'll look and the other kids they like ignore me yeah. So every month or so, I have to reset and have a big, long 10-minute talk about the importance of that call and why it's important to and you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I I think behaviorally, that's the, the biggest tool that I've learned is having those resets where it's like, look, we have a rule. And I, I – like we have um, – you know, respect the cipher is one of my rules. And I tell them I have to follow that rule too. If I'm being rude to you guys, you should call me out on it and we should have a talk because, like, that's something that I expect you – to expect from me just like I expected from you. Um, but if they're not reminded of this rule regularly, I feel like they kind of like yeah. run with it, you know?
0: <laughs> Look at me, I'm always like defending the kids. <laughs> but, it's like, but that's like the hyperactivity of them too, like in the, mm-hmm. the ability that they can't remember what happened, what conversation you had the day before. Right. Um, uh, when you were talking about this last little segment, I, I was thinking about one of my mentors, Jaylene from TO. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I graduated and then just started coaching right away, that was like two weeks off. And then I started coaching at like 18. And, um, for a few years before I went out to college and I was coaching, she was like, Oh, you're here. They love you more than me. And I was like, what? And she was like, she's like, you're like their sister. And I think when you teach at your, you're kind of like their brother age, mm-hmm. like they could have brothers your ages And they'll listen to you and they'll have fun with you and these might be some of the kids that you look back and you'll bond with the most in your career and then you'll get to like my age where I'm now the age of the parents of Mm -hmm. the kids that I teach and you know a lot of teenagers have conflicts with their parents so I have to approach that and not be a parent to them Mm -hmm. you know what I mean in order to be effective Um, and then I think once you get to the point where you're grandparent age, they really listen to you, right? Because they're like, let's be nice to Yeah. Yeah. So as you grow and evolve, like your relationships and how you interact with the kids is going to change. Yeah.
1: Do you, okay. So I never ever thought that I was going to be a middle school teacher until like two months before I started applying places. And I, it was because for my student teaching my first semester I was at a middle school and I was like oh, this is the worst I don't want to do this and then the second semester I was at the high school and I was like how come the middle schoolers were ten times more fun than the high schoolers <laughs> and then when I was planning for jobs this job popped up and I was like maybe it's fate whatever but I never expected to do middle school and now with the the problems are few so it's not like i'm unhappy where i'm at but like with the problems that i'm having i think a lot of them are related to those things that i didn't want to teach in middle Mm schoolers did you ever think of teaching anything besides high school
0: oh yeah well again i went to school thinking i was going to be like a marriage and family therapist um that was kind of like the goal just on a whim i happened to like I remember seeing flyers on campus that was like take the C, C- best, and I was like, whatever, I'm gonna still yeah. be in Chico. Why not? So, I took the C best, not realizing what it would do for me. Um, but my plan, I was gonna stay up in Northern California. I was I was enrolled in esthetician school. Like, I just wanted to still be an artist, and you know, I figured with being an esthetician and doing hair, like I could um, have a flexible job. So I ended up coming down here because my dad was ill, and um, I was still coaching with T.O. whenever I was in town, and then I heard about Newberry Park's coach kind of flipping in and out, and I thought, oh, well, if I'm going to be back home in this area, I'd like to run my own program. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was emailing (laughs) He ends up being our principal right now, <laughs> Steve Lapierre. I was emailing him.
1: What was his role when he when you were here?
0: He was um, athletics. Here? And they were they were actually deans back then, yeah. So so he,
1: he left and came back then,
0: right? Yeah, That's yeah. Hilarious. Wow. The administration kind of switches around a bit, but yeah, I remember emailing him a couple times, like, "Hey, I'm coming back in the area," and he'd always email me back, "Thanks, but no thanks. We do have a coach." And then like a couple days before school started, I was at a wedding and I was sitting at a table and people were like, dude, Newberg's coach just bailed. And I was like, what? So I walked into the office on Monday, never been on campus before. Yeah. And I was like, I'm Cameo. And they were like, from Chico? <laughs> like they, already, they already knew. And I said, I, I don't know if it's a rumor or not, but I heard you maybe lost a coach. And um, they were like, do you have time to interview right now? And I literally, they pulled me right in, and I was interviewed by a couple people, and then I found out the next day, they hired me to coach, and when I came in to meet the principal, um, he said, uh, we have a first period dance class, and I said, I am like fresh out of college, I have no teaching credential, and he handed me a card and said, my daughter's enrolled in this program. If you just enroll, we'll hire you.
1: That's so funny. Right? And he's like my daughter. Yeah. And if his daughter wasn't in that program, what would he have said? Right?
0: So, yeah. I mean, straight out of college with no credential, I was teaching first period. I was coaching fifth and then subbing in between because I randomly took that CBEST test. Yeah. Right? Um, and then by the end of that year, the theater teacher quit. And I thought, well, that was my minor. Mm-hmm. I'll apply, whatever. So I go into the audition, super fresh, no credential, uh, and applied, and I don't know, but I heard that there were quite a few people, some people with masters, some people that wanted to transfer from um, other schools from our district, and they gave it to me. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if maybe I just presented myself professional um, in the interview. But then here I was walking in the pack for the first time, learning how to turn on lights and learning how to run a theater program.
1: That's crazy.
0: It's crazy looking back on it. And it's crazy that this is what's funny. And cause have you done your, well, you did your student teaching before yeah. you started teaching.
1: The only thing yeah. I haven't done was my TPA.
0: Okay. So in my case, because I was currently teaching and working on my um, credentials, I already had a class, Mm -hmm. um, so I couldn't do student teaching, right? Unless I quit.
1: Oh, did you do... Sorry, keep going.
0: So my problem was, was I wanted to get a credential in PE to do dance, but I was teaching 80% theater. So I had to take two years to build up my program in dance large enough so that I could student teach in my own classroom. (laughs) So, So you
1: did student teach for yourself.
0: Yes, I That's ended right. up paying $6,000 for someone to come out twice to watch me in my own class. I hate the public education. Right? This is um, like... Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I now, and I wonder, I mean, maybe it's not quite for situations like this, but situations where students get hired as their students, they have the internship program now. Mm. So, like, if I... So let's say this school, I met the principal three years ago, and she was like, you should just start teaching at her school. I could kind of circumvent student teaching using my own classroom, which is a lot more, um, I don't want to say work, but, like, it's a lot of, it's a lot at once, right? You yeah. don't have time to kind of build up your confidence and you just get thrown into the fire. Um, but you don't have, they, now, you get paid still to have a full-time job and you're paying school, but, like, that's why I didn't do... Uh, why I took so long with my student teaching because I was like, well, I got Cal Lutheran. And, like, I don't want to have to go and uh, skip out on um, two classes a week from, from Cal Lutheran to go take nine classes for, for CSUN. Like, I'll just take it slow and I'd rather invest in that. I get to do what I want, you know. Um, but that that makes me think of uh, my story with, with CLU because, like, it, where you just happen to be in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and it's like, okay. And Essence was, uh, started the program at CLU, and I love Essence. And I was like, I know, I keep her. doing it. Yeah, I miss you too. <laughs> uh, and, and I didn't even have a thought about teaching in, in a college, a collegiate setting. And then she came to me, and she was like, I'm going to move soon, and I think you should take over this program, because I think you would be really suited for it. Um and then the first day there i was like oh i know what i'm supposed to do with my life now like i have i have to set up whatever i'm doing right now is to set up to do this all the time cuz mm-hmm. like i didn't know that this was possible now and then now that i'm doing it i'm like oh i'm supposed to be in this setting you know
0: yeah
1: um but i just super look for cool. It.
0: like think about it like some subject areas like you teach to a book yeah and although it's a lot more work for us i mean if you're a creative person, like, you literally create what you want to give the kids. Yes, you have your state standards that you got to fit everything in through. But, like, you really have the flexibility to, like, shape people's perspective, you yeah. know, on on dance and, and positivity. And you could be as inclusive as you want. And it's, it's really cool.
1: It's funny because when I, at the school, I was thinking, I was like... One, I'm going to have a weird situation where I'm teaching this street culture-dominated thing to kids that are from a street culture background. So it's like, how do I convince them that I have something to to share, that that is worthwhile? Um, But I... How do I explain what I'm trying to say? They... they think that all dance is bad (laughs) so like to to teach hip-hop dance i was coming in thinking they're gonna love this and then when i came in teaching hip-hop they were like this isn't cool either mister and i was like at least i'm not teaching ballet and they're like it doesn't matter you know (laughs) it was my perspective and it's funny now that the students that are really interested in dance have been coming up to me recently being like can we learn ballet one of these days and i was like I can't teach you that, but I would love to have somebody come in that can teach you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but being able to once again like convince these kids from this, this background that like they're also allowed to do this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've, I've when I came into the school, I was like, they're gonna love what I have. And then when they, I don't know if I told you the story, but the f- very first day, I was I was teaching them something that I do called fundamentals. Sabella Grimes does. And I explained it, the warm up, whenever I was like, all right, you're just gonna follow me to the music, turn on the music and I go five, six, seven, eight. And I start moving and I have a sea of 40 kids not move a muscle. And I was like, I'm gonna commit and keep doing the whole warm up and have them stand there awkwardly for the whole four minute song and nobody moved a muscle the whole time. That's so awkward. I had a moment where I turned up, like I went back to the the computer and everybody's just dying laughing at me and I turned on the song and I literally was like, I said a mini prayer where I was like, this is going to be a long year. Like (laughs) everything that I thought was going to happen is this is not... What I not what I signed up for, but like it's going to be so different than what I. But started.
0: you'll you'll build a reputation reputation at your school, and I think also with middle schoolers, um, just because I have a daughter in middle school right now, um, who's thriving. I'm like, who thrives in middle school? <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> she's a <an> in <Italian laughs> high school. Too. She's like, I don't know, she's loving her sixth grade year right now. But um, you know, it's that unless someone at the school is doing it, like they don't want to do yeah. it. You know, like yeah, they're they're working on themselves, and again. It's um. It reminds me of, again, I think it's the hardest thing teaching two to four-year-olds. And I remember um, going to the studio owner that I was teaching when I was, like, 19 and tears. And I'm like, I don't want to teach the three-year-olds anymore. Like, I'm losing it. I mm-hmm. can't. They're not doing anything. And I remember just being like, I, I need to not teach this class. Can you get someone else to teach this class? So she gets someone to t- teach the class, right? And the next day, I, like, looked in. And they knew everything that I taught them. Mm. Like there was just some blockage with me, and I remember the studio owner telling me, "Like, come on now, like they had it all." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, one thing that teaching teaches you is patience. Yeah. And how to be professional when people are not professional with you. Mm -hmm. Those are like the two skills that you'll thrive
1: at. That second one, do you think that that's in relation to other teachers or in relation to students?
0: I think it's in relation to other teachers, I think it's in relation to students and with parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean I can't tell you how many times I have. I'm, I almost feel like abused <laughs> with like the emails or the conversations that happen, and then you just kind of, um, I don't know, it, it's second nature to just not engage. Mm-hmm. And I think in other occupations, I don't know if you work on that skill as much as teachers do. Right. Teachers learn how to take a breath and not engage for a while.
1: Yeah, Um, there's, and I don't know if it's because of COVID and I'm going to be so very careful with my words but teaching philosophies are so personal and I think that when people see differing philosophies happening in front of them and it's not a setting like if you're doing something, you're teaching hip-hop a certain way that I don't think is the correct way it's hard for me to come up and have that conversation with you if we don't have that relationship to to trust each other. And it breeds, because there's no like official way to have that brought up, it breeds so much resentment. So I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's many situations, I feel like mostly I've seen it in like behavioral things and the way that behavior is handled with certain students. And when, A person when one teacher's method to handle that behavior is not treated the same way with another teacher, everybody just gets so like upset at each other. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't prepared for that. (laughs) Do you feel like that happens or?
0: Well, I do think it's a co uh, more of a, like a newer thing Mm. because I feel like just tension on campus is higher than it has been because everyone's working more than you used to. I mean, it was already a lot of work to begin with, but I mean, when I think back to it, um, Teaching is a lot, but not only am I teaching, but I'm managing each class as, like, a different website, and I'm updating it every day for any kid that's absent. Right. Like, that's hours in the day that I don't have – I didn't get extra hours to do that in. That's that's hours away from my family that I'm (laughs) working on that stuff. And then, you know, yeah, I feel like we all need a little bit of, like, you know, emotional relaxation on campus. Again, I think also the key is – Because, are your faculty meetings over Zoom and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, like, we really, we're just like the kids. We need social interaction. So, one thing that our PE department has done is we don't Zoom. We go, I mean, unless it's raining, but we go sit outside and we have our department meetings outside in the sun, eating our lunch together, decompressing, um, because... You know, I don't know if we're because we're PE teachers, we know mental health is important. <laughs> but um I I know some teachers just today when we were out there about to meet, an English teacher was like, I gotta go get on my Zoom, you know, and I was like, Oh Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. And I, I I'm I'm not sure how much of it too is me being a first year teacher. So when I hear something or see something or I don't know. I'm always trying to analyze, like, if this person is telling me about something, like, let's say gossiping about something, are they telling me because they want me to do something about it, or are they telling me because they trust me or are they telling me because they're testing me because I'm a first year teacher you know <laughs> it's all these like inner politics where I'm like is this a big deal or is this nothing yeah <laughs> and I I think again we have this perspective they're like oh coach sorry and miss cammy are best friends they just hang <laughs> out all the time and you can't imagine that like you might have like some type of like like tension yeah
0: yeah well I mean I think we're human beings and you know sometimes you're you're connected and sometimes you're not but I do think it's important you know as you're teaching longer to find those people that are your people Mm -hmm. on campus and my people have changed like when I first started teaching I was all about like the retirees there was something about them that they see a young (laughs) teacher and it's like they embrace you and you embrace them like I still talk to um, my department members that have retired Um, and then i think you know as you get more seasoned you know i have a good group of women that are all in different departments my pe cohort or my you know co-workers are amazing but you need to lean on them because every now and then you come against a case or a kid and you're like any ideas like how do i deal with this um but i think that just shows you care like I know that there's probably people out there that just brush it off and think I'm not. I'm going to give up on that kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So if they are having that conversation with you, or you're having that conversation with someone about a student, that means you want to tap in. You want to yeah. figure it out.
1: I think it's weird. Do you know how many faculty members you have on campus? So I
0: think we have maybe like 115, 120. We
1: have 32. Oh, it's yeah, real. it's okay. so small. So like in our our elective team, we have four elective teachers, and we have four sixth-grade teachers and four seventh-grade teachers, four eighth-grade teachers, and then support staffs, so like reading teachers and whatever. Um, and that's another thing, too, that uh, I've been talking to Sammy about, that, like, when you have an department meeting and it's three people, you're yeah. like, <laughs> okay, what else can we talk, you know? it's yeah. um, funny. Uh, to start to wrap it up here, how... What do you think right now with your teaching philosophy and what you do in your class and your whole culture here that you've created, what do you think is the most challenging thing that gets in the way of you educating your kids, like the biggest problem that you have to face in organizing?
0: Okay, well, I I think in all honesty, the biggest challenge that I have is I feel like people don't take my subject seriously. Mm -hmm. And uh, I obviously feel that dance, uh, for my students that take dance, is their world. Uh, even the ones that start class because they want to not run in PE. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like somehow, yeah. somehow they fall in love along the way. Um, but, you know, something that just always irks me is around testing time. They use our facility, and that's four weeks where I have nowhere to go. Yeah. And, and it's not even that I have nowhere to go to teach my classes. It's like someone doesn't provide a place for me and um it's not just that it's you know i just feel like i I think about this all the time like i have been here for 18 years and um i want our program to thrive but yet we really don't have a dedicated space like a lot of people use our space and i know there's a big push for the arts in our district they really want to um kind of start at the elementary schools and get kids more and we have an elementary school that just has its own dedicated dance room and i'm thinking we don't even have that year and I know our facilities are tight um and I know science gets you know a lot of tension I know they're going to build a stem building but again if we're really talking about the social and emotional well-being of students I really feel like we need to reprioritize PE classes art classes health classes a lot of students are now taking health online which um because there's just this this drive to take more and more classes in high school to get you towards college but the conversations that you have in a health class yeah. are just essential to helping you cope with stress mm-hmm. and diet and friendships and i just i really feel like we need to kind of look at those things and start to put more value on um, the arts, that is my biggest barrier. Mm-hmm. Not what I'm going to do with the kids, but what um, what I don't know what I'm walking into. Like when I come in, are is there going to be wrestling mats down, and yeah. then I have to figure out I have to redo my lesson? You know, yeah, like, yeah. little things like that. But I mean, I don't feel at this point like there's something that I don't feel comfortable teaching because right. um, I love to learn. So even today, like. I was doing hip-hop in one class, modern in another, and then, like, um, Bollywood in the third class. Like, totally different subjects. And modern is something that I'm not 100% comfortable with. Um, So you do your research. You know, you pick the people you want to talk about, you pick some videos, and you make connections. And that's what you do. You know, you create your lessons.
1: Wow. Um, Do you have... This is the things that I was going to try to encourage in my closing, because I don't know if you heard the closing with PD, but it was a No, but disaster. do you
0: want to share my PD story? You oh, you yeah, go, off? Sure. Okay, so your last guest speaker, PD. Yeah. Um, I was a young teacher here, maybe 22, 23, in the middle of a show, like in the, the lighting booth, with the sound, with the lighting, all that stuff. And this man comes in the lighting booth, Right, and it's dark, you know. <laughs> you have the green lights, and he goes, "Hey, are you doing a show?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yes, I'm doing a show." How, how like, old were you? I was 22, 23. Like, it was like my first year.
1: I'm trying to think of how old he was. So he must have been like around the same age, a little but older. Yeah, maybe,
0: yeah. maybe just a year yeah. or two older. I don't know how old he is. But anyway, so he he comes in, and I and I look at him, and I don't even know why. I look down at my paper, and I go. Well, I do have like a, oh, no, no, wait, sorry. He asked first, yeah. are we doing a dance show? I was like, yeah, we're in the middle of a show right now. And then he goes, do you need a guest performer? <laughs> and I, I don't know why I did this. I should have said, no, get out of the booth, like we're in the middle of a show. But I looked down and I realized they had a back-to-back for like a costume change. Uh-huh. And I said, actually, yeah, and like five numbers, we could use a yeah. gap. And then I was like, do you have music? Not knowing who this guy is yeah. at all. <laughs> And uh, I can't remember if he gave us a CD. I think he had iPods. Like, that's when he had iPods. And I think he clicked the iPod, to the thing, and he handed it to us. And then I was like, all right, after this song, like, go on stage and do it. And it happened. I remember remember thinking, like, after he left the booth, I was like, oh, my gosh. What did I just do? And then I remember the lights went on, and it was magic. And I remember thinking, like, Thank God I said yes. You know what I mean to that moment. But I'm curious. I don't know what his perception was. He
1: he just. I remember the exact same story. This was told the exact same way. But him just saying like he he saw a bunch of dance, so he wanted to dance. So he asked if he could go dance. And I'm like, that's not how this works. (laughs) that's not how shows work yeah. you don't just get to go hey me too Like, yeah feel like if you're going to like a, a Lakers game and you're like hey LeBron can I get a couple of shots yeah. like, no. I'm going to jo- join in
0: with the, the hoop troop yeah no, it's ridiculous
1: <laughs> um, that's hilarious but yeah I, I don't know how to close um, and I told Petey it was very awkward but I feel, I think a good thing is do you have anything maybe for the program that you want to plug that you should go send people to go see a show coming up or something like that, or any information that you're like, go support um, in blank way.
0: Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, well, I mean, we always have shows at our school, but I think, um, something that I am thinking, cause my daughter's in play right now mm-hmm. and, um, the audience has been pretty good, but I think, you know, COVID really affected the arts. hmm and I think when people do feel comfortable enough, like just please go out there and support Can all artists, because mm-hmm. again, it's it's what artists need to be healthy. It's what you need. You need to see live people, right? Again, as much as I show today, I was showing um, the beginning of Revelations in Ailey. and I'm like getting an emotional response, and I look at the kids and they're like, "Yeah, you know," <laughs> but I'm like, I've seen it live. You know what I mean? Like, that's the difference. So if I'm going to plug anything, I'm going to say, regardless if it's musical theater, if it's a company, if it's a battle, whatever it is, like, go support. When you have money, put it there um, because the artists really need it right now.
1: I love it. Thank you so much. You're the best. You're welcome. Okay, we're done.